and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a weekly travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, we're going to visit what Condé Nast readers recently voted as the best resort in the U.S., and that would be L'Orizon Resort and Spa in Palm Springs, California. Plus, if you've ever seen the Northern Lights or Aurora Borealis, you'll know that they are really quite spectacular. Well, there's a way to view them now from the comfort of a Boeing 737 aircraft, so we'll learn about that as well. But first, I want to introduce our first guest, who is a travel writer and publisher of Solo Traveler. She is Janice Waugh. And she has an interesting blog on her website, solotravelerworld.com, called Tips for Respecting Local Cultures. And we've all heard the stories of people traveling to foreign lands and getting into trouble by doing things that violate the local laws and culture of the places they're visiting. So Janice joins us now to discuss how to prevent that. Hi, Janice. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Randy. Uh, I know that you focus on solo travel, but your article, Tips for Respecting Local Culture, I think probably applies to everyone, not just uh, solo travelers, but uh, travelers in general. It's pretty tough to understand local cultures from so many cultures around the world, isn't it? Like, the, So there's, this is just some basic things, no matter what uh, customs or cultures or laws in, in the place you're visiting, right? Yeah, this is, these are just kind of general things that you can do so that you can be respectful wherever you go. Yes. So it, it's not specific to any you know, you know, individual country. Well, if we did that, we would take uh, days because we'd have to go. <laughs> There's yeah. so many different countries and so many different customs and so many different laws. So uh, let's just run through some of the things. Uh, take a step back and observe. What do you mean by that? that you know, that's the first one. And, and um, it's really interesting because when I think of that, that tip there. I think of my children when I took them traveling and I would take them, you know, to a train station or wherever, where we're going to make, you know, the next journey. And I would say, okay, let's just stand back here. You know, how are they lining up? Okay. So they, you know, they actually do line up. No, they're just all in a bunch, right? Whatever it is, (laughs) um, this is where the ticket goes. This is how, this is, you know, so stand back and observe how the community, how the the culture works, Mm. because you can learn a lot just by taking a moment. Well, very true, right? And I guess that just goes back to when in Rome, do as the Romans, right, a little bit? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Another time that this really came, you know, to land in me is I was in uh, Barcelona and in a market, and I went to touch the tomato, and the look that I got from the vendor yeah, was like, yeah. whoa, okay, that's not done here, right? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I learned these things by making my own mistakes, so Of course, right. Well, and I, I suppose everyone would make mistakes. It's the degree of mistake that you want to avoid, right? And, and I think dress yep. is one of the big ones in, in culture that, uh, you know, here in Western society, we pretty much dress the way we want to. That's not the case in a lot of cultures, though, is it? Yeah, and and I think that that's really important. It's it's important for um, for for safety as well as for respect because um, different manners of dress can be interpreted differently in other cultures. So to to be respectful, to cover your head when you're going into certain you know religious uh, buildings, to cover your your shoulders and your arms, just in in some cultures. It's just a, a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, the overall thing would be do some homework before you leave if you're in a particular culture that's uh, totally, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, foreign to us, right? Well, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then when you're doing this research, you can sort of cover, uh, you can find out what uh, is highly valued and your third tip, respect what is highly valued. Very important. I think that that's, you know, I I think that these things become obvious when you go to uh, a place where, um, so for example, in your hotel room, you might have to leave your uh, um, pass card that gets you into the room, your key card, um, into the slot in order to have electricity. I think that's like the first indicator. Electricity is highly valued and not, you know, readily available. You have to be mm-hmm. careful. And so respecting that is really important. You know, some people might try to jimmy the thing so that um, they can, you know, leave the room and still have the lights on. And they're like, well, that's you know, not exactly respectful. And the mm-hmm. same thing happens with water. You know, water can be a very um, important commodity in certain places. And uh, and now with, of course, a, a highly se- high sensitivity to plastics in this world, I recommend carrying your own bottle, carrying your own. If you're concerned about the quality of the water that you don't want to um, – uh, want to use necessarily tap water. And that goes for people sometimes in Europe. So different people have different sensitivities. Mm-hmm. You know, get one of those bottles. I think it's called a, one is called a life straw and um, use it to purify the water so that you are not only not buying plastic, you know, water in plastic bottles, mm-hmm. you're, you're reusing your own bottle and you're, you know that it's pure. Uh, live the rhythm of the destination. What do you mean by that? Well, some places close down in the afternoon. They have siestas, mm-hmm. right? You know, don't go around expecting that, that your own um, Western perspective of time is going to be, you know, the same everywhere. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and the thing is that when you do that, it's really, really nice because you find, you, you can find, oh, you know, that that might be a rhythm that you really enjoy, and it causes you to slow down and actually enjoy uh, your travels as more of a vacation, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, exactly. And you know, and th- there's a lot more on here that we probably can't uh, get to, but uh, learn a little bit about the history. That kind of goes back to the same as learning a little bit about uh, everything of the place you're going, right? Yes, for sure. And but it also makes it. I think when you do that, um, then the the culture that you're trying to adapt to be, makes more sense. Well, the word, the key word I think there is respect. And the uh, great advice, the uh, title of the article is Tips for Respecting Local Cultures. I think that's what you want to do when you're a foreign traveler. And you can find it on the Solo Traveler website, solotravelerworld.com. Again, Solo Travel Safety Tips for Respecting Local Cultures by Janice Waugh, and she is the uh, publisher of Solo Traveler. So I, I really appreciate your time on doing this, Janice. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, Condé Nast Magazine recently came out with their Reader's Choice Awards, and among them was the best resort in the U.S., and that would be Lorizon Resort and Spa in Palm Springs, California. So joining us now to tell us more about it is the general manager of Lorizon Palm Springs, Bianca Richardson. Hi, Bianca. Hello, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. First of all, i got to say congratulations on your awards with Condé Nast, a number one hotel in the U.S., I believe, and number four in the world. So you got to like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
Isn't that incredible? No kidding. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> hotels around the world, and to be categorized in one of the top five is amazing, and there's a lot of hotels in the U.S., so to be number one is amazing. So uh, what, are you, what are you doing that's, uh, that's making you win all these awards? Well, I think the property itself, the product itself is, you know, and pretty remarkable, the history here. Uh, the design, uh, Steve Herman with his reservations to really improve the property from its historical um, point is something that, you know, really speaks for itself. But outside of the, you know, the property itself, which you, when you step foot on property, you just fall in love, is um, the team here. Um, I think that what we are trying to really do is give an experience while utilizing something that's perfect already. Mm -hmm. right? So utilizing a product, it's the experience utilizing the product. You hear it over and over and over again, huh? And we're really trying to personalize every single person's experience here so that not one person steps foot on our property has the same experience as the room next door. So we really pride ourselves on really finding out who is joining us about these guests and really tailoring their, their stay here so that it's felt like they're really staying on an estate and not in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, uh, you've got quite a history here. I'm looking on your website, lorizonpalmsprings.com. It's spelled L Horizon, by the way, for people who are trying to look for the website. Yes. But, but it goes back <laughs> to the 50s and some very famous people uh, used to uh, stay there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have had uh, Marilyn Monroe. We have a suite, actually, in room 10 where she stayed. Um, we've had lots of celebrities join us, you know, and Larry Ellison and, um, you know, Christina Aguilera has been here. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've been, you know, it's a 1952 property. You know, architect uh, William F. Cody, you know, built this property, designed it. Um, it was a celebrity destination for, you know, Betty Gravel um, and a U.S. president. So mm -hmm. we are just really a very special place. And um, like I said, once people step foot on property and they get here and they feel the energy here, it, it's something that, you know, you just don't forget. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the different uh, accommodations you have. Um, again, on the website, it says the bungalows. There's different uh, places that you can stay. So describe some of the different uh, accommodations that you are, are offering. Okay, yes. We have deluxe bungalows. This is our base room outside of our, our uh, garden bungalow, which is our entry room. It's the accessible room. But we have deluxe bungalows. This gets you a beautiful king bedroom, um, a beautiful bathroom, and it is about approximately 350 to 400 square feet. Uh, everything is completely different in each bungalow, though there's the same room type. They're all decorated differently. And then we have, we have, you know, premium pool bungalow. We have a uh, deluxe pool bungalow. This is facing the pool. So we have eight different room categories, and they all are different. <laughs> and uh, premium junior suite bungalow we have. This is one of our suites. This is an indoor-outdoor shower, floor-to-ceiling glass. You can see the outdoors. It's incredible. And a uh, separate seating area in this room type. And then we have a fireplace suite, and that is a very special room with a fireplace. And you also get the indoor-outdoor shower and your king room, your king bedroom, excuse me. 
And then we have the residence. And the residence is almost 2,000 square feet. Um, it's about 1,800 uh, to be exact, I think. And then you've got a little space um, that will turn into a second bedroom for you. That'll put you at 2,000 square feet. So a lot to uh, choose from, right? It's a lot to choose from. That room has it's a full home. So that's a, a full home with its own pool, <laughs> full kitchen, dining room, wet bar. It's incredible. So how many bungalows in all? 25. So it's not a huge property. So it's, uh, it sounds like it's very cozy, very intimate. Uh, is it adults only? Yeah, we're a 21-plus property. We are adults only. And we are an intimate, very quiet uh, setting. It's very relaxing and tranquil. Uh, we have a beautiful spa that's all outdoors. And, you know, the space here just is um, very oh, relaxing. Award-winning. Quiet, <laughs> yes, yeah. Really relaxing and very attentive uh, experience that you'll get here. Tell me a little bit about the spa. That was my next question. Okay, yeah, the spa is all outdoors. We offer, you know, regular massages and a beautiful, long, um, tailored massages if you're looking for something special with add-ons. We also do, you know, waxing and body wraps and all the different facials you can get. You know, so it's a full spa. We really have a... And we do it all outdoors. That's mm. the most... the interesting part. Living in Southern California, you get <laughs> uh, that beautiful weather majority of the year. I was going to say that. That's the thing you can do in uh, Palm Springs versus uh, up in Canada. But <laughs> so. Exactly. You know, we have perfect weather today. Um, it's, it's beautiful. There is a restaurant on site too, right? We have a beautiful restaurant called Sopa. Uh, that's also alfresca dining. It's all outdoors. Uh, we have two, actually three very large trees that create a ceiling in that uh, restaurant. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, the food is incredible. We are helmed by uh, Chef Garrett Malconian out of Seattle. And he is wonderful. He's a James Beard nominee, and we are extremely excited about him. Mm-hmm. The food is incredible, and uh, most importantly, like I said, it's not just the the food and the the dining room. It's the experience while you're there. Tell me where it's uh, located now. Okay, so we are just down around the corner from the Strip, actually. So uh, we're about a three-minute drive from downtown Palm Springs. We are, let's see, if I landmark something, the Ace Hotel is a diagonal from us. Uh, We are on East Palm Canyon. And uh, we're kind of hidden. We like, you know, the ficus trees hide us, you know, to create that very exclusive and uh, private experience. So mm. our property is is hidden behind ficus trees. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and I've never been to Palm Springs. Obviously, uh, people, uh, it's a slower style, a slower pace, but lots of things to do for your guests, right? Absolutely. You know, Palm Springs does have quite a bit uh, for you to see. We've got beautiful hiking trails. We also have the tram here. Uh, the tram is something really incredible, and I'm not sure there's about two of them in the world or two or three, and this thing goes all the way up to the top of the mountain. It rotates, and it's a sight to see. You can see the entire valley here from the top of that mountain, and there's also hiking trails up there, and you can dine um, there's, you know, obviously lots of different boutique shops downtown, and uh, we're also close to the, you know, Indian Wells Tennis Garden. That's a 30-minute drive, and you can see all the different um, 
events that happen in that mm-hmm. uh, arena. Very nice. It sounds like an absolutely uh, wonderful place to stay. It's lorizonpalmsprings.com is the website, uh, or L Horizon, if you want it phonetically, palmsprings.com. And Bianca Richardson is the general manager of the Lorizon Palm Springs. I uh, appreciate your insight, uh, Bianca. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Yes, thank you so much, Randy. It was a pleasure speaking with you as well. Well, if you've ever seen the Northern Lights, you will know that they are really quite spectacular. Well, now there's a way to view them from the comfort of a Boeing 737 aircraft. It's called the Aurora 360 Experience, and to tell us more about it is Robin Anderson. He's the Global Marketing Manager for Tourism Yukon. Robin joins us now. Hi, Robin. Hello, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Tell me about the Aurora 360 Experience and how the uh, whole idea came about. Well, this is actually uh, the second year that we've run the Aurora 360. Um, so last November was the inaugural, and uh, we like to call it the the ultimate Aurora hunting tour. Um, this came about uh, by way, actually, originally of the uh, Yukon Astronomical Society, which is a branch of the Canadian Astronomical Society. And uh, they came forward. Of course, the Yukon is very well known as an Aurora viewing destination. It's a really popular product for us in the uh, winter months. But they came forward and said, we, we have a way to dial it up one more level and, and take Aurora View into a whole other world. Uh, if you're interested, we'd love to do it by 737 Jet. And I said, wow, that's so crazy. We have to do it. <laughs> so when, when are you doing this? Uh, this year, um, we're doing it in February. It'll be over um, the time period from the uh, 7th to the 9th of February. And... Um, uh, there's a whole bunch of activities planned in and around the Aurora flight on the ground at that time. The actual Aurora flight date will be chosen a little bit closer to the time, depending on solar activity and weather conditions and things like that. Um, and just to give you a sense of how um, closely uh, the Aurora can be pinpointed by um, people who know what they're doing, not guys like me, but, but real astronomical folks. Um, last year when we did the inaugural Aurora 360 flight, we took off right around 12.30 uh, a.m., and within nine minutes of takeoff, we were seeing the auroras. So, wow. Um, yeah, so they know what they're doing, and, um, and they, can, uh, they can predict the timing within pinpoint accuracy. Um, so as we get closer to the time and see what's happening with the solar activity, aurora is created with, with um, uh, solar energy uh, meeting the Earth's atmosphere to really simplify the pro- process. Um, but as they get closer, they'll be able to see, okay, we, uh, we've got um, really good aurora happening uh, at this time, and uh, then they'll select the date for the flight takeoff then. Mm-hmm. So how long is the flight? How long do you stay in the air? Uh, well, it'll depend a little bit on uh, the aurora activity. Um, last year, we were airborne for about three hours, so, uh, and we saw aurora almost from start to finish uh, on that flight. It was just as we were returning back to Whitehorse and starting to descend that we lost the aurora a little bit in the cloud layer in the last 10 or 15 minutes of the flight, but um, but we'll uh, we'll be airborne somewhere in that time frame again, depending on the quality of the aurora. And uh, the great thing about our partner Air North is uh, they uh, they're happy to uh, ensure that people have a great experience watching the aurora, and they'll uh, fly and, and look for aurora as long as they can on a on a safely on a single tank of fuel, and then mm-hmm. they'll start to make their way back to Whitehorse. Uh, 
around the end of that kind of two to three hour window. Now, the way I understand it, and I'm, and I'm looking at the website, it's aurora-360.ca. There's two different ways of doing this. You can just do the flight if you want, but there's also uh, like a four-night package that's involved where you have a little bit more of, a, of an experience in Yukon, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we know that people, generally speaking, if they're going to fly to the Yukon, it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and, uh, it, you know, they'll want to maximize on the on the time and, and the money to get up there. So uh, we're pretty uh, well known for um, our dog sledding, our snowmobiling, our ice fishing, our snowshoeing, uh, sitting around a cozy fire in a lodge. And so uh, we know that people will likely want to do that. And then the folks at the Aurora 360 um, team have uh, put together, in addition to that, um, some really exciting um, uh, internationally re- renowned um, astronomers and uh, people who know about um, things happening in the sky so um, you could purchase just the ground experience which would be the uh, flight itself um, or you can purchase the package which includes some ground tours uh, plus uh, the uh, speaker series with all these amazing uh, astronomy minded folks so if you're really interested in aurora and sky tourism and what makes all that stuff work um, there's some pretty amazing speakers coming uh, in that you can enjoy if you buy the bigger package. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what do, what do you think is uh, the attraction of the uh, Aurora, in your opinion? I know there's lots of different uh, reasons why a lot of people would want to see it, but what, in your opinion, why is it so uh, exciting and so popular? Well, I think it's partly um, the elusiveness. Um, you know, it's, it's like uh, having that opportunity to see the monarch butterfly migration or something like that. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things that even when you go to a, a place that's within the auroral oval, um, you may not necessarily see them. So there's there's some uh, badge value to seeing them, and and that kind of elusiveness is is something that brings people. Um, the, the pure aesthetic value is ultimately what it what it's all about. There there is something magical about seeing the aurora, and uh, it sounds like you had some experiences like I did growing up in Saskatchewan, where every now and then the skies would be lit up and uh, it's uh, it's a special thing to see, and and as uh, more and more of the world becomes more populated, there's a lot more light pollution, and places like the Yukon offer an opportunity to see the aurora without that big city light pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, I see them right from my bed, right from my bed sometimes when when it's a good night. So uh, it's a pretty special thing, and even Yukoners who are used to seeing them, in, in fact, uh, we see them sometimes from the air when we're flying between Calgary and Whitehorse. Um, just on the regular scheduled flight, let alone a hunting tour. But um, but we'll pull the car over bus- beside the road, or we'll stop the snowmobile when we see the aurora. It's just there's just something magical about that incredible light display, and it's hard to describe how it looks until you see it, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's hard to describe the moment uh, until you see them, and just how it makes you feel. It's it's a, a wonderful part of nature that. Uh, we're fortunate enough in the north to be able to see fairly regularly. Very true. So what do I need to know to prepare for this? Obviously, it's going to be dark and it's going to be cold in Yukon in February. But So you want to dress for it, I would think, right? Yeah, you do. Uh, snow time is show time, so we get outside and play, and we have lots of fun. And uh, uh, we'll make sure that you're dressed warmly. Uh, bring, bring clothes if you have them. And, uh, and you know, uh, for Albertans who are used to... Uh, maybe a Lake Louise ski day. That's the kind of gear you want to bring. Um, but there's also a couple of um, uh, warm weather gear clothing retailers who will uh, outfit you from top to bottom, right from hat to boots, with uh, 
warm uh, uh, local uh, type gear, so uh, you'll be uh, very comfortable day and night. Um, bring uh, bring an open attitude and uh, and your sense of adventure aside from that, and you're going to have a great old time in the Yukon. It's the people who live in the Yukon are friendly folks. They love sharing uh, their territory, and uh, uh, all they have to do uh, when folks come up is uh, let folks know that you're from uh, out of town, and uh, you'll be uh, noticing the red carpet being rolled out all around you. Mm-hmm. So we, it's only one flight and one aircraft, so you have limited seats. I would imagine if you want to do this, you want to get on it pretty soon, right? Yeah, the booking started a couple of weeks ago, and there's uh, lots of inquiries. I've had some uh, calls with the uh, booking agency, and they've said that uh, uh, the press we've had recently is really helping. So uh, the sooner the better. And, uh, yeah, uh, limited uh, seats on the plane for sure, um, only 60 seats. So um, that's not a lot, but uh, but hopefully uh, everyone that wants to see it that couldn't see it last year can take advantage this year. And uh, we're hopeful that um, as uh, we become more and more well-known as uh, an Aurora 360 destination mm-hmm. uh, where you're doing this Aurora hunting by air, that uh, more people will put their names up on the uh, uh, on the wait list if they're not able to get this flight, and we're going to try and run more in the future. Mm-hmm. It's Aurora 360 Experience. The website is aurora-360.ca. And Robin Anderson is the Global Marketing Manager at Tourism Yukon. Uh, thanks for your insight, Robin. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And TravelYukon.com if you need more information about the Yukon in general. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.